Hello, everybody. Welcome in the green room. I'm Chet. Welcome to In the Green Room. I'm Kinga. I'm Richard. Welcome Yay. back. Thank you. It's always fun when you're in the green room. Thank you. It's back fun to be France. here. Back from France, Spain. But today we're talking about France. That's right. He's the world traveler. Very well traveled. Um, what was your favorite thing about France right off the bat? Good question. Well, let's let's talk about where I was in France. It was yeah. Provence, which is a very special area of, of France. I think that a lot of people, you know, have been to Provence. They would say that yeah, Provence is. I mean, this guy geographically Peter, is it southwest? Yeah, north? so south. It's it's south of the Rhone Valley. So mm -hmm. the Rhone River rides run down right down through it all the way to the Mediterranean. So mm -hmm. it's uh, you know the southern part of of. Provence is the Mediterranean Ocean, the Mediterranean mm -hmm. Sea, right? It's, it's beautiful. That's where Nice is. and That's the famous south coast of France. Yes, it is. The so-called, uh, what do they call it? The uh, Anyway. I know all the, like, you know, models and fashionistas yeah, yeah, and all that stuff yeah, are yeah. supposed to go yachting yeah. over there. So. But Provence itself is a huge geographic area, uh, and it goes all the way up to the Alps, it, 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 you know, at, at one, at one it, it part. It borders Switzerland? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And... Um, so, uh, the, but the, the part that I was in was, was fairly close to the Mediterranean. Uh, the Luberon Mountains run through that area. Uh, and uh, most of the really touristy areas go from the, the Mediterranean right straight up the middle mm -hmm. towards the Rhone, Southern Rhone Valley. So it sounds like you were not in a touristy area. Though. Well, no, actually I was. Oh, okay. But here's the thing. I mean, not okay. Paris touristy, though. No, no, no. Yeah. no, no. Yeah. This, this is all, you know, with, with, with there are some fairly large lifts. A, X is, is, is a fairly large city, very close to the Mediterranean. Um, but mo this is a, an area that is primarily rural. Mm -hmm. And, and agricultural, right? And um, it's and not villages, city life. It's the, not city life. The, the, no, the villages are tiny villages. villages that you know are from the 12th and 13th century. Mm -hmm. And um, but uh, I was in in a village called Lour Maran. L O U R M A R I N. Lour Maran. Lour Maran. And that is uh, one of the most popular villages. There's a lot of commerce there. A lot of shops and restaurants and, you know, but and all these tiny spaces are converted into these really cool shops. But it's still a very, very old village. Mm -hmm. But it's one of the, you know, so this is kind of a center. And then there's many villages within, you know, a, a, a few kilometers either way, which you go to. Mm -hmm. uh, the one thing I love is every village, every day of the week, you can find a village nearby that has a market, outdoor market. Very so very cool. sustainable. It's all about the local. outdoor markets local. are amazing, and uh, the food there. It is uh, very so it's, sustainable. It's, correct. It, it's you know this guy Peter Mails years ago wrote that book. You know, a year in Provence, and you know got very famous, made a lot of money from it, right? And he wrote this about an area of Provence that was close to where I was in Lormarant. But um, then when he made a lot of money, he moved to Lower Moran. <laughs> so, so is that book one of the things that draw, drew you to that area then? Not in particular. I went to that area, and my sister and I went together because we have a very close friend who's living in Provence now. And she's been there, I think, living there about five years. She's American, and she's married to a Frenchman. Yeah, she's cool. been there. And it's kind of a cute story because isn't it somebody she went to school with? And Oh, yeah. And this goes way back like 40 years you know, when she was a, a year in, abroad in, in France and met this guy. They fell madly in love, you know, and then she came home and 
They both know, got married to somebody else. Yeah, and they had children, you know, and like 30 years later, he they rekindled her, it. He looks her up on Facebook. You know, they had been in touch kind of, but lost touch, and then he kind of looked her up on Facebook, and now they're married and living in Provence. Very cool. It's, Isn't that cool? Know, and this that worked is why, well for this her. This is why, so here's, yeah. a, here's a funny thing. So um, her name is, is Laurie Howard, and she's a good friend of my sister and I uh, from Phoenix here. And... Um, She's been there now for five years, and she, you know, it's just like Provence is this kind of a place where you wake up every day and you say, pinch me, am I dreaming, <laughs> right? It sounds so, so relaxing. Oh, it is. So yeah. now she's become, she has a business called Pinch Me Provence. She's an amazing tour guide. I mean, cool. amazing. She has only been there five years, but she knows more about the history everywhere you go and has more connections. She's that kind of person that just develops connections, kind of like you. Very everywhere social, she yeah. Goes, she talks to people <laughs> and, you know, and um, amazing. So uh, if you ever go to Provence, you want to contact Laurie Howard and, and her company and look it up, uh, Google Prince, Pinch Me Provence, because she'll show you the real, the real Provence, not the touristy Provence. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like a really good area to visit if you want to see the culture of like the small towns it in is, France. It is. That's what this is what really affected me the most, uh, the lifestyle there, you know, to the point where I was there for a full week and you know going to little villages every day and different things uh, with with Lori and and my sister and uh, you know the the experience was really I would say transformative. How so? Well, to the point where I was, you know, I didn't want to go home. <laughs> you know? I mean, there really is another gear that they run on over yeah. there. There's just such a yeah. bigger priority on enjoying life and enjoying the day and then work and the rat race is second versus and, and here. That's totally it's flipped. Very relaxed. Yeah. People live a, a, a relaxed lifestyle. They eat healthy food. I mean, so, you know, my friend Lori, she, you know, there's a place she goes to the goat farm to get her fresh goat yogurt, which I had every day. She goes to another farm to get other cheeses. She goes to another farm to get vegetables. In, in addition, just, just, just going to the markets would have a lot of fresh vegetables and all kinds of other things for sale, right? Mm -hmm. Including prepared food and meats and cheeses. I mean, it's incredible. These markets are amazing. But it's just that lifestyle and having that food that is so fresh and, and most of it you know, is farmed very sustainably, very organically. Well, that's important mm -hmm. to us. Well, this that's is our thing. show. We're saving the yeah. planet. One and show at a time. time. And well, we care about the sustainability. And well, I've been yes. trying to mention that. Small farm operations and yeah. farm to table local, cultures local, like local. that are right. way more sustainable. And a lot of the times, very organic, like you were saying. Yeah. You know? So, you know, and the and, wines and, are delicious. And, 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 yeah, and the what wine, are we drinking well, here? So, so, you know, uh, Provence is is famous for for wine there are vineyards mm. everywhere it's an agricultural area vineyards olive trees uh fig trees you know fig orchards all kinds of farms but uh and, and of course uh, provence is best known for the rosé which we had drinking right here this is uh which one is this this one? is uh, uh from uh canon jl canon which uh um, and it's called cote de provence which is a region, uh, the, Provence is broken down in wine about nine different regions, mm -hmm. distinctive regions. And so um, this is one of the most popular wines at Trader Joe's. It's under $10. And th th there's a reason that Provence rosés are so uh, popular. They're dry. They have marvelous fruit. This uh, particular one is a blend of uh, Grenache and Saint-Sau. 
and the two red grapes, and it may have like the the, the next rule that mm. says it may have a, a a little a white wine in it too. Sometimes they put add white wine to it. But this is a delicious wine. It's, it's under ten dollars at Trader Joe's it's... and very popular. Now, uh, we, now we bought wines from different. Um, well, all from Provence, but from different stores, and two of them are local, yeah. and and those are more expensive. And is, yeah, and one is Trader Joe's, which, you know, yes. you can't beat them for mm-hmm. value. Well, they're yeah, local right. to Provence. Yeah. They're not local to Arizona. Right. No, local to Provence. Yeah. But 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 two little wine stores that are local to Arizona okay. that have wines of the world, Atlas Bistro, and what was the other one called? Atlas Wines. Atlas Wines. Bistro, and Faraway Wines, a new wine uh, bar, retail uh, an interesting place with called Faraway Wine and Provisions. And it just opened up on Friday, and yeah, it's right two, there off two of, like... people that I've known in the wine business, Chris French and Pat Jasmine, have been in the wine business here for decades. They are real pros, and they finally opened this lovely little wine bar and retail space, and it's just... You, you were there. It was That's outstanding. Incredible. They have great That's food and yeah, um, exactly. great service and great wines, and yeah. uh, just so really remarkable. Back to Provence Wine... You know, they also make whites and reds. We'll have a red. I couldn't even find a Provence white. They're not, you know, that's the least. But but 70% of the wines produced in Provence are rosé. 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 Okay, rosé. Rosé. Wait, wait. It's so good. Uh, I'd like a little... Well, we can taste the next one, or do you want to go have some more of this? Help I'll yourself. Have more of this one. Just it's so good. Just don't clink my glass. <laughs> Actually, I will be more gentle. Uh, I, I'm not going to go into the details. Now the it, cheese yeah. that we're having with that with this lovely rosé is a Saint André, a triple cream cheese, and it is it is like butter. It's so rich. It's it's, it's just it is like now, butter, right? Mm. Yeah, very do you, smooth. Do you want another cracker chip? I'm okay right now. Thanks. So. Mm. The crackers are big and all that. No, now this this particular winery, mm. the grapes are from Provence, but I read that the the winery is actually a little bit farther north, just a touch, because in Beaujolais. Beaujolais. So Beaujolais is, is the southernmost part of Burgundy. All right? And then you have, so Provence is, you know, you have the Rhone Valley, you have Burgundy, they're all kind of, you know, connected. One question I have is uh, so I went to Paris back in 2019, um, and it was probably the only place on my Europe trip where I got a little bit of that stereotype of, you know, people not really loving the tourists, you know, I would try to, mm-hmm. I would obviously try in French first, but I wasn't, I've never spoke French officially and I wasn't very good at it. And so some people, you know, would be happy that I tried. Some people would be like, you know, kind of rude Say, and like, speak English, speak, uh, speak French properly, you know, you know yeah, what I mean? Right. Like that whole stereotype in general, people are still nice in Paris, but uh, no, no. I was wondering no. what kind of vibes you got in the Provence region. In the rural areas, it's very different than the big oh. cities like Paris. They're very probably way different. more inviting because they yeah. love having the tourist dollars there, right? Well, or, yeah. That um, is yeah. Yeah. And here's, exactly here's, right. here's the other thing. A lot of the tourists in Provence are French. Yeah. They're from different parts of, of the country. Yeah. They go to Provence because it's so cool and mm-hmm. it's so beautiful there, you know? And there's yeah. lots of beautiful places in France. Mm-hmm. But so a lot of the tourists... You know, or from from the EU uh, and, and including France, mm-hmm. and then of course, you know, there's Australians and Americans and Canadians, mm-hmm. English speakers, and, and people from England. There's a very mm-hmm. popular place to vacation. But in general, in general, I would say 
um, that that stereotype wasn't really a big deal. Like, if anybody's intimidated traveling abroad, don't be. Just be respectful. Yeah. Be nice to the culture, and yeah. they're going to probably return that. And the one thing that in the more rural areas and the small villages, less people speak much English. Mm-hmm. Okay, but they're, you know, you can communicate. Mm-hmm. You know, if you learn just a little bit of, of, of French, the, the, mm-hmm. the basics, you know. Get on just, Rosetta Stone. Just be polite, yeah. you know, that's all. And uh, smile a lot. Actually, people don't know that Richard's new plan is to uh, learn a little French and go to France and meet a woman. Well, (laughs) who knows? Well, you know, this is when I say that being in Provence was transformative to the point where I contemplate, I still am. You can go to France for three months without a visa. And I said, man, I would love to spend three months in Provence, total immersion. Uh, get a French teacher, you know, mm-hmm. and and learn the language and just live at, at, at that pace and that lifestyle mm-hmm. for three months and really just experience it. That'd be amazing. It'd be yeah, kind of like almost like a meditative experience, and you'd be learning. So and it, be, it's doable. Yeah, you know, I asked my friend Laurie. I mean, of course, I, now that I have a good friend there, she's got so many connections. She can mm-hmm. help me set up a place to live. Blah blah this and that, you know. And I think the three months would go fast, but. Um, she said, "Yeah, you get yourself a French teacher. You every day, you're, you know, you have a and you just." Now, does Lori speak French? F- fluently, like you, 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 wow. you wouldn't know she's not French. I mean, she, you know. Just, and did she yeah. learn it? Did she already know it before she well, met she her knows, husband? She's known it for years. Okay. She went to France as in college and started learning, and she's she's kept up with it. So she speaks like a native practically. Mm-hmm. One thing I would say, I would love uh, Richard's spirit of adventure and love to travel. You know, a lot of people that are. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if we want to say Richard's age, but in their 70s aren't as fun and exciting as you. And you're still out there traveling the world. That's yes. just, it's really inspiring because, you know, a lot of people that are your age are stuck in an old folks home somewhere, not even going out and being independent. And you're the opposite. You're out there seeing the world, still learning, you know, getting more cultured. It's so. the wine, my friend. The wine. The vino. <laughs> the vino. Wine is his secret you for know, all those. I have been, wine as you know, I have, I have been a wine professional for decades. Mm-hmm. It's true. You know. He's well, all about When wine. you enjoy every day, yes. it makes also, you excited about you know, life. I'm and also, he's also about hiking. He's I'm all also of, a professional wino. Right? So. <laughs> and he's also a, a hiker. I start every day with a hike in the North yep. Phoenix Mountain Preserve. Yep. It's fantastic. It's a great way to start the day. Mm-hmm. But you know, and, and then I do want to tell his secret. Why? You do have a, a smoothie you make every day that he puts. I have, listen, don't even get started on the supplements I take. But let's get back to Provence because <laughs> it's the lifestyle there yes. that people age yes. well. You know, they, yes. they talk about the French paradox. You've heard this for decades. How come these people eat all these rich cheeses and blah blah blah? All the butter and the butter. And, you know, you don't see obese people. You know, 70% of the population like here is not walking around obese. It's the lifestyle. 100%. It's the wine. It's all, you know, in France, as in Italy or Spain, wine is literally a food group. It's on the table, at lunch, at dinner, and people drink it with food. You know, and that's that's their lifestyle. But and also, well, it's really, also, the portions it, re, are well, not too big. But the portions aren't ginormous. Reflection on that, it's a part of the culture, though, because yeah. yes. here we're in such a hurry. It's such a well, sped-up rat race. Everybody is just go, 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 drink, 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 yeah. chug, chug, chug. 
There, uh-huh. it's everything slowed down. It's more it. enjoy, taste well, this, you know. Yeah. Look at me, I'm eating wine, all this cheese. Wine, though, <laughs> has become a major part of our culture in the United States in the last 30 years, no mm-hmm. question about it. And that's a great mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. And people enjoy wine. They they drink it uh, with meals. Uh, but I well, think we, we specifically mm-hmm. support the local wineries, yeah. the smaller ones here, yeah. like Pillsbury yeah, Wine yeah. that we had yeah. on the show yeah. just last week. Last week, yeah. we had Sam yeah. Pillsbury. His yeah. wines are so... Yeah. Delicious. And those small wineries and vineyards, those are the ones that are doing it right and making good, high-quality wines. The, the big corporations, yeah. you know, this, Yellowtail, that's not real wine. This wine, right. for instance, right. this is a large production facility. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they sell at Trader Joe's, mm-hmm. which there are over yeah. 300 stores. So it's yeah. large production. But, but the quality is really good. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the other thing in, in Provence and France in general. You hear the word bio. B-I-O, which means organic. Mm-hmm. Everything. You go to the, the stores. B-O. Mm-hmm. There's a whole sections of B-O. Mm-hmm. And most of the vineyards, many of the vineyards are are either sustainable, very sustainably farmed or actually uh, a certified B-O. Mm-hmm. Okay? Uh, I oh, doubt, yeah. Large production. I doubt that this one is, but the next two wines we have are. Mm-hmm. So hold on. The, the one that you said is larger production, this yeah. one. Well, yeah. just to clarify. How many wines would you say are made a year? How many cases? Yeah. I don't know. Hundreds of thousands. Yeah. Okay. But just to clarify, large production doesn't necessarily mean bad. No, no. Like that could still be owned by one French family and they've just grown into that big company and they're Good doing point. amazing. They're We're making, kind of more you know, saying yeah. Franzia owns a bunch of different yeah, yeah. vineyards all throughout the United States. These and guys, those are the ones like you could making, probably avoid those. They're making and exporting a couple million bottles of a very nice Provence mm-hmm. rosé that is Delicious. Yeah, yeah. Delicious. So we love this let's one. Let's taste the next one. Oh, yeah. taste the next one. Okay. Wait, I need to finish the last I one, I guess. Or you can dump. <laughs> okay, yeah. yeah. I'll dump because I, I have to yeah. drive. Oh, really? <laughs> there you go. There's that. Leave it up here. Good idea. No, we're down here. All right. He's ready. That for was very one. good, though. Um, just to recap, what was it? was Coach de Provence. Coach de Provence. And yeah. now that was the lesser expensive one. And that last one was from Trader Joe's. This is another now rose. We're drinking this from... is another rose from Provence. Now, this has an amazing pedigree, which I'll tell you about in a moment. Mm hmm. And this is still Provence. Uh, I think Colin needs them. Absolutely. Our sound engineer. Thank you, Colin. He so, loves the wine episodes. <laughs> I think he does. <laughs> this is called Troyan. And um, this has an amazing pedigree. Let me tell you a little bit about it. Two of Burgundy's greatest names, Jacques Cessé, founder of Domaine du Jacques, and Aubert de Valin, uh, co-owner of Domaine de la Romanicanti, the most expensive Burgundy in the world, are the partners behind this company. This, really? This, uh, this pioneering property in Provence, northeast of Marseille and due east of, I, of Aix and Provence, so it's very Mediterranean. Mm. Over the years, they have transformed this stunning 46-hectare site into one of the top wine estates in southern France. Bingo, right? It's organically farmed. Um, this is uh, Sanso, blended with Grenache, Syrah, and Merlot, and there's probably a little bit of uh, another grape, um, a white grape in, in this wine, too. And this retails for around $20. Yeah. This one is not as sweet as the first one. Well, the it's... first one wasn't sweet, but it had a little bit more fruit. But yeah. this one, is, I agree, the first one was more sweet than this yeah, yeah. one. Not sweet. There's what's a, the, what's there's the word? What's sweet the word? means re- a lot of residual sugar. Okay, well, Fruity. How would you say it? it had more, more, yeah, it was fruity. more open fruit, like, you know, fresh so, fruit. So could you say this is more dry, then? 
Well, yeah, they're both dry, but this yeah. is perhaps more dry. But yeah. more dry means it's not as sweet. No. Sweet is, again, is not a word you want to use with this a is wine. Bone dry. <laughs> with a wine that doesn't have residual sugar. Okay, the other sweet one is dry. Means this is a lot bone of residual dry. sugar. We're being educated on a wine our can wine have description. No residual sugar and still taste fruity. Mm -hmm. Difference between fruity and sweet. Mm -hmm. Okay, so, so then how would you describe that I think the other one tasted sweeter than this one? Fruity, fruity, he just said that. Just he said, said fruity. Okay. Listen to me. Listen with your ear, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I know okay, you have the headphone, okay. but you can hear me, right? Okay, right. so what, how would you just define bone dry? Bone dry is absolutely no residual sugar. Okay. And often bone dry wines will give you, you know, if you have, especially in a red, if there's a high tannin content, which comes from the skins of the grapes, okay. gives you that puckery feeling. Tannin or a lot of okay. mineral or salinity. So bone dry. It tastes like a bone. A bone dry. A bone. Well, bone <laughs> means a good. In français, bone. We say bone. Wonderful. Good. <laughs> well, Sam Pillsbury yeah. used that term over and over and over again. What? This is very bone dry. Yeah, bone dry. So I'm yeah, asking yeah. you, dry versus bone dry, what are we saying? Well, even drier. And like I said, with probably a little bit more minerality, mm -hmm. you know, that kind of thing. Okay. Okay. Anyway, this is a lovely wine. And, yeah, this you know, one is coming my favorite, as it so does. I, I definitely know. prefer this one. Yeah. yeah, this is a more serious wine. Yes, and, and this would be great with with food. And one was ten dollars. This wine, and you this can, this is a pool. You can sit by the pool or wherever and drink this by the glass, no food. But this wine, you want something savory and tasty yep. to to eat with it, like this nice cheese here, huh? That's ah. nice, the cheese. Mm. Uh, you want some cheese, uh, Chad? I have enough. I'm good. Thanks. Mm. Cheddar, you want some cheese? <laughs> no, it's okay. <laughs> Sometimes kids. Are we just becoming a full-on wine podcast just every episode now? <laughs> just drink. That would be great, honestly, though. In the wine Especially room. if we want to live to be... Uh, change the name. <laughs> especially if we want to be 74 room. and happy one day. We in need the, wine in as the our... the wine room. <laughs> in the wine room with Miss Green. <laughs> no, I love the name of our show, and we will continue to do wine every show, but we can still talk about other amazing well, heroes and how people are saving yeah. the planet as we're drinking our wine. Well, and, so this know, wine, again, can we uh, reiterate what it's called? Because I love it, and I need a little more. Troyan is the name, and again, you know, the two of the most famous winemakers in Burgundy Cheers. You know, have, have collaborated and created this this 46-hectare project in, in Provence, which is quite extraordinary. Hectic, that's a big piece of... A hectare. I forget what how many acres. It's it's like two and a half acres a hectare. You know. That's obviously that more than a section. Yeah, it's an actual like an acre, but it's it's bigger than it's called a hectare. They, they, they use the. All right, I'm googling it now. Then we'll all use, know. That's use, right. Thank you. I, I learned you it have when to I was do there, that. but I forget. But the, you know, you, they know. use a different we system in France, which actually makes a lot more sense because you know, you could tell a kilometer is a thousand meters. I mean, it's all very, very, very. So I have a question. What did you witness? How are the French very sustainable? How are they more eco-friendly? Well, as I said, how do they um, support the local? You see, you see, more and more vineyards, especially and agriculture in general, is is bio, is bio, as I say in France, bio or organic. And um, also, I think that green energy is uh, they're they're a little bit further than we are. Perhaps. Oh, definitely, green definitely, energy, yeah. you know, and I noticed that in Spain too, in 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 the in the EU in general, perhaps. Mm -hmm. um, but here's the other thing I loved about France: their health system is much more holistic. Mm -hmm. You go to how so? Well, for instance, you go to the pharmacy, 
and you know. Um, I want details. They probably don't prescribe much fentanyl. I'm guessing. No, you yeah. <laughs> you need a prescription to get ibuprofen in France. And that's how it should be. There's, Absolutely. There's way too big no, of a dependency on... It's, it's not all this self-medicating. Yeah. You know, you go to a pharmacy and you actually have someone who will take all the time you want to discuss what you need and, and recommend things. I mean, it's amazing. So, it's more of a focus on wellness yes. instead of health care, yes. which is a really big difference. It's the lifestyle. Prevention. Preventative. They eat Preventative? healthy. Yeah. And, you, you know... Um, so holistic medicine, you know, is 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 common there. It's, it's it's more much more than here. So I finally looked it up. A hectare yeah. is uh, ten thousand square meters, and it's equal to two point four seven one acres. That's what I said. Two yep. and a half. You're, two and a half you're exactly acres. right. Yeah. 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 So everybody that wanted to know their conversion data, now you know. So hold on. A hectare is two miles. No, two point seven acres. Two point four seven acres. It's an area. Yeah. Two acres. Yeah, two, and a two half, point about two, two point two and a half acres. Yeah. Two and a half acres. It's an yeah. area, not okay. a length. Yeah. Okay, but two and a half acres. So that's what, yeah. when they we're talking about vineyards, you have a hectare, not an acre. You yeah. talk about it in the area in terms of hectare, which is about two and a half acres. Bingo. Yeah. So theirs is about a hundred fifty acres. Give and, and what are the wineries like there? I mean, what what do you? Well, experience? I did visit a couple of wineries while I was there, and mm-hmm. again, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, the same thing in, in Spain. Uh, I noticed that there are wineries that are ultra modern, you know, mm-hmm. and just, you know, impressive. Um, and then there are smaller wineries uh, that, you know, are more traditional. Everything is done by hand, you know. Some more of the charming, wa- more plain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And some of the, you know, some of the really biodynamic uh, wineries, um, you know, are gravity. They use gravity. Uh, there's no pumps, you know. Gra- everything is done by gravity, so the very sustainable. Yeah, yeah. very sustainable. But um, um, you know, they really have a, a, a focus and uh, on quality and and innovation. Mm-hmm. Whether they're small or large, same thing in Spain. It's just I was just amazed. And um, so, so it's smaller production, higher quality. Not always. Not always. I mean, there's many okay. large. I mean, you, you go to Peru, there's vineyards everywhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these vineyards, you know, fuel the, the, the very large production wineries. But there's still, you know, there's just more and more are cutting back on the insecticides and the pesticides and all that stuff. And the same with the, with the olive uh, groves. You know, I went to the most amazing olive mill. Um, I swear it was the best olive oil I ever had. And you know they're they're farming it organically, all these huge groves, and and then people are bringing it's great. People bring olives in from their own trees. Every my friends have like four, five olive trees in their yard. Everybody's got olives, so bring their olives in, and you can, um, they press them, and you will get a certain amount to take home, and they put the, put the rest in the in the in the, you know the, uh, the oils that they're producing. It's fantastic. Well, it really sounds like. Richard, you give your stamp of approval on people going and visiting France and getting a dose of this culture and this lifestyle, going and slowing down Provence. a little bit. Especially yeah. Provence. But I, I've read about other areas of France that, you know, that have just the slower pace, the village life. Mm-hmm. Every morning, I would get up and walk one mile to the patisserie and then get my croissant mm-hmm. for the day, you know, uh-huh. and walk <laughs> home and then have breakfast with with the fresh uh, goat milk yogurt and fresh figs from the yard and, and this, you know, and my, my croissant. It's very civilized, dude. 
very civilized. I remember I ate, <laughs> I ate crepes every day. I yeah, love yeah. crepes. Yeah. <laughs> Obsessed. Yeah. That's like so, the one French food you know, I could eat every day. We use the word sustainable, but I call this a sustainable lifestyle. Okay? Yeah. Well, that's what we very, love. Yeah. That's what we want to hear. That's what I'm talking about. And right. uh, I think that um, you know dedication to excellence that you're talking about that they have, that's something that you know we lose sight of a lot. Um, you know, too many people are too focused on a pr- qu- turning a quick buck or their profit or their bottom line, and they forget yeah. that dedication to excellence that you makes know, things French great. French is also a capitalist country, but as, as most of Europe is, it's more socially democratic, you mm-hmm. know? Uh, you have to understand, they've been around for thousands of years. Mm-hmm. Here's an interesting point about uh, Provence, where I was, that area of Provence back in the 12th or 13th century, no, there's been a lot of, lot of uh, conflict in in in, the, in Europe. What is it now, Europe? For you know, for thousands of years. I mean, the Romans coming into Gaul, you're creating Gaul, and uh, but in the 12th, 13th century, in this part of Provence, the Catholics burned out the Protestants. Wow. Every village that had a Protestant church, they burnt the church, they burnt the houses, they burnt the fields. Total annihilate, total destructions. Okay, so uh, could we try the uh, yes. the next one? Yeah, let's try, the, try the next the one. Rouge, La Rouge. Perfect. Here we go. This is another fantastic wine with a wonderful pedigree. Okay. And it's also organic. Don't panic. It's organic. And this one is the most expensive one that we purchased. Oh, it's under $30 still, but still, yeah. Yeah, this one's 30 oh, I need the So the first one was 10 the second one was 20 and this one is 30 Thank so we'll you. see, you know, what tastes the best. And I'll tell you a little bit about this wine. But uh, as Ooh, I was saying, that's nice. you know, mm. another thing about being in a place like Provence the, is the history. It, mm. it, everywhere you go, yes. you see the history. Mm. Uh, you know, you walk through these ancient villages and, um, you know, 12th, 13th century. And it's, my God, it just... You breathe it in. It's it's amazing. I mean, this just is exquisite. It's nice, isn't it? Let me tell you a little bit about, about this oh one here. Oh, my goodness. It's so yummy. Okay, this is from one Delicious. of my favorite importers called mm. North, North Berkeley Imports in Berkeley, California. Um, good to know what great importers are because when you're in a wine shop and you say, oh, this is North Berkeley because they have a lot of really great small wineries. Mm. Anything you buy that's got North Berkeley imports on, you know it's going to be a great wine. Okay. So this is also organic. And then when so North people, Berkeley. Here's a little, uh, this is called Mas de Gourgonnière. When people talk seriously about natural wines, Mas de Gourgonnière's organic wines are at the top of the list. Since the 18th century, the Cartier family has worked the land in Provence, providing the local abbey with freshly grown fruits, vegetables, and grain. They also were one of the first certified organic estates in Provence in the early 1970s. Here you'll find a direct, unadulterated connection between the land and each bottle— Flowering rosemary, wild sage, and juniper, plus the mountain freshness of the regional Mistral, are all echoed in the estate's wines. This is a vine-growing family that doesn't have to sell a natural philosophy, however. It's simply who they are and who they've always been. So that's wow. that's the beauty that's the, of this wine. And can we see what the bottle looks like? Uh, the bottle, yes. Is it very nice? Mm. And it's interesting, too, because this is a cal- what the shape of this bottle is called a Calvados bottle, like you would find Calvados, the liqueur, the apple liqueur in. It's a very unusual bottle and very historic. So, so, how, do we so pronounce, how do we pronounce it? Richard, I'll need, your, oh, I'll need your help. Ma with, de Gorgonier. 
Maldi Gorgonia. Well, I'm going to need your help with descriptive words again. But uh, mm-hmm. this one. Well, let me tell you first of all, this is a blend of 20, uh, 56% Grenache, 22 Cabernet, 12 Syrah, and 10 Carignan. So all, mm-hmm. all, all Rhone varietals except for the Cabernet, which is a Bordeaux varietal. Vineyards are surrounded by pine trees and the natural scrub, the Garrigue of the South. Soils are a mix of deep composed granite and limestone, very rocky and dry. Uh, the estate makes its own compost from cow, sheep, manure, and plows between vineyard rows. Beneficial herbs are planted to control pests and moderate vine growth. Age of vines in this wine, 20 to 30 years, so very mature vines. Uh, I mean, it's just gorgeous, gorgeous wine. And it does say organically grown on the bottle. And it does, yeah. It does and say organically notice, grown. You know, this wine uh, is only t- uh, 13% alcohol. It's not a big 14, 5, 15% alcohol wine. Mm. So, again, this is a wonderful food wine. This and is the, what you want to uh, eat with some marvelous, think, anything from a roast chicken to duck or, or you know. Beef. That lower alcohol content, I was going to, one of the words I was going to use to describe it, that's kind of subtle and, um, you know, kind of mild. You know, it's not very, yes. it's not. No, it's not. It's not a big in-your-face wine. Yeah. But, but I like that. I like that. I prefer that. There's plenty of nuance, plenty of nuance too. here. And then when you have this with, with food, they're just going to complement each other beautifully. Mm-hmm. So this one, I'm eating the Comte, the raw milk, it's a harder cheese, raw milk Comte French cheese with this uh, wine. Okay, mm-hmm. so Chet, here's a piece of Comte. I already have it. I already have it. Uh, Colin, Comte. 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 C-O-M-P-T-E. Comte. 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 Oui. 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 Comte. Mm. That's what you're supposed to have with the red wine. Beautiful. The red wine. Mm. Very savory cheese. Mm. Here we go. Mm. Mm. So far, I think the second uh, wine, the rosé, was my favorite. What was the... The Trian. The Trian. Oh, marvelous. That was still my favorite, I would yeah. say. My favorite are the la- these last two. All right. Well, this I mean, is, you need is... to narrow it down to one to pick a favorite. That's how that works. Forget favorites. <laughs> Who needs favorites? This is such a I'm, typical American thing. I disapprove. I'm just saying if I was going to go buy a bottle right now, which one yeah. I would if walk could, to okay. first if you had in the to store. I think they're all good. I'm not saying. I'm not saying. Favorite. Okay, sweet. Yeah, I if I had to choose one, I like, one. I like all white. Well, no, like some I prefer. I may prefer over the other, but. It's like if, you, if you're going to get No, I agree, Richard. Pick one woman. <laughs> apples and oranges, you know? Well, no, I think Richard makes a good point. There is uh, too much emphasis on competition exactly. sometimes here, and you can enjoy everything. Yeah. I was just saying. Not that. really. If you're going to buy a house, you pick one house. If you're going to ha- settle down with someone, you pick one girl. Not everybody. Some people <laughs> buy two houses and have three girls. So uh, <laughs> that's a <laughs> pretty bad point. Yeah. <laughs> uh oh. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, never mind. <laughs> this has been a really fun episode so far, Richard. We always love having you in the green room. Uh, Cheers. Yeah. I love being here, you know? Cheers. Oh, that's better. Lately <laughs> now, there you go. <laughs> we might have had a broken glass in here earlier. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> so anyway, um, you know, this is, as I say, 70% of the wine production in Provence is rosé. But this is a, a beautiful okay. example. Now, of, I did not know that, yeah. but that, okay, that makes sense. Because when I did go to Trader Joe's, uh, we knew we were going to buy a couple wines from little, tiny little local wine shops because it's nice to support the local and that's more sustainable. But we also knew we were going to get something at Trader Joe's. And at Trader Joe's, they did have many rosés from Provence. 
and the lady from, uh, her name was Dale at um, Trader Joe's, she said that she called the corporate and she said they have a lot of rosés from Provence because mainly it's mostly rosés. And interestingly, price in from like area. $7 to t about $20. Yes. Well, even a little over $20 for the most expensive rosés. Like that one that's Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie's rosé from Provence, you know. What, what is that one called? It smells like an armpit. I don't it's know. It's called. No, um, oh, that was funny. <laughs> no, it's called something. Whispering Angel. I love that one. I think it's actually delicious. It's very popular. It's very it's overpriced, good. in my opinion. Yeah, why not support a true French winery too? Why put that money? Well, in? it is a true French winery, but it has to be owned by a couple of movie stars. Oh yeah. Well, that's what I mean. I'd rather Whispering Angel. I'd rather put my support with my dollars uh, to, you know, a true local brand that wasn't just bought by a I'm sorry, if, if Brad Pitt stars. owns it, I want to give him my money. <laughs> you want Brad's Pitt? <laughs> yes, uh -huh. for sure. <laughs> no, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a real Provence rosé, but again, it's marketing. marketing I don't want his pit, I want his spit. It's like, you know... Anyway. Cheers, um, cheers. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. We're good. You keep almost breaking glasses in here. So. <laughs> Colin, Colin, let's do a little cheers. Oh, Colin needs more. Oh, yes. So is this the last one we're trying then? Yeah, we or? have three wines today, two rosés, which I, I thought was interesting because they're quite different, as you noticed. Oh, very different, yeah. And Extremely this, different. And this beautiful, beautiful red blend. Oh, the, the, this red blend stunning. is one of my favorite yeah. stunning, delicious wines so I've ever tried. The, I love it. The Chien, uh you can't get it, Trader Joe's, or did you get that, Trader Joe's? The second rosé, the Tien? no, the first one. The Trian is not a Trader Trian, Joe's. Okay, where did you get that? We got one? this. You know, have we happened to, to get this at this new place we were talking about earlier. This wonderful place called Faraway Wines and Provisions. Mm -hmm. It's owned by a couple of people I've known in the wine industry here in Phoenix for decades. And um, Pat and what's the guy's name? Chris French. Chris See, it's great and to Pat. support little Pat, shops. Pat Jasmine. Like Pat Jasmine. And yes. then this we got from my, my good friend uh, Todd Sawyer at Atlas Wines. Atlas Wines. Atlas Bistro, which is a bring your own bottle wine shop. This is their, near their 20th season. This, this place is amazing. They've had so mm -hmm. many incredible chefs there over the years who have gone on to do other things. But Well, it's a, it's, it's a restaurant and a wine store, and they're, they're yeah. next door to each other. But it's a bring-your-own-bottle restaurant, and the food is five-star. You know, it's, it's like it's, $100 it's a, for a It's a $95 now. Pre, it used to be a $65 three-course menu. Now it's a $95 five-course prefix menu. Wow. Now, here's the thing, though. The big... Wine geeks and the wine collectors in Phoenix, this is where they go and bring their $1,000 burgundies and have this incredible food, mm -hmm. you know. I mean, there are, you know, people who go through $10,000 worth of wine in an evening there. Mm -hmm. and, and the food wow. is like like the top chefs in the world. And and what's really cool, they only, they're only open on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. But you can really impress, like, your date because you it's a very small, walk in. You know, there's and, only, and, like, 20 seats or something. Mm -hmm. You have to have a reservation well in advance. And then... You walk into the wine store, which is literally next door, and you pick out a wine. And, you know, you could get a wine like, you know, that wine you liked was only – they sell it there for 20 And then you walk in and sit down and have your dinner. Now, if you go to a nice restaurant with five-star food like that yeah. – your wine bottle is going to be what? Might be $100, yeah. yeah. Or $200. So when you bring your so, own wine there, though, you, you do a corkage fee, I think, which is $20, mm -hmm. which is quite reasonable. Yeah. You know? So Especially you, for a place with mm -hmm. that high-quality food. It's, I really need to try out. this place. You it do. Great. You no, do. It's a it wonderful place. 
to eat and to and, and you know Atlas Bistro. if you don't bring your own your wine, you can just buy the wine right there mm-hmm. at Atlas Bistro, which has an exceptional selection, very well curated selection of. Uh, uh, California wines, some Arizona wines. Uh, what was the name of the of... guy that sold us the wine today? Jacques. Jacques. And Jacques, Jacques. has his uh, uh, Bernese Mountain Dog with him so at all that, times. It's really cute. If you're listening to this, this should be your inspiration to go out and treat yourself. Go Whether it's no at Atlas or getting a nice bottle of rosé. You know, it's one of the themes we've been trying to really uh, talk about here in the green room and you know, stay on top of is that people need to treat themselves and enjoy every day and you and know, have that French that. leisurely life. Yeah. Of relaxing with the cheese and the Well, wine. yeah, it's all about, uh, you know, setting goals and accomplishing them every day and then rewarding yourself, box. treating yourself. Hmm. So, oh, uh, you're hiding it down there, I see. Uh-huh. You know, not enough people remember to enjoy every day. And, you know, we lose sight of that in the American culture, the American rat race. People forget you got to slow down every day, enjoy yourself, and have a good one. Well, again, this is, this is you know, mm-hmm. the remarkable thing about Provence. Uh, the pace is, is, is certainly more, you know, uh, uh, conducive to a healthy lifestyle, mm-hmm. you know. So, Richard, we only have ten more minutes. Ten we more minutes. Hear, we want to hear, you know, what were your favorite parts of the trip? And, um, mm. you know, did you meet any interesting French people? What were your favorite sites well, that you went you to know, go of see? Course, I'm, I'm there with my friend uh, Laurie and her husband Pascal, who's French, and uh, yeah, we met a lot of interesting French people. Uh, some of these were shopkeepers. We met uh-huh. the woman who owns the goat farm. You know, we met these other uh, people. Uh, this couple who owns this amazing farm. They grow a lot of, uh, of squash, and, and they have a fig orchard, and uh, oh, just incredible. Here's the other interesting thing: we talk about stores like Costco here, but in 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 um, Provence and all over Europe and mostly France and other countries mm-hmm. too. I, I'm trying to remember the name. It's the hugest store I've ever seen. And uh, um, Pascal, uh, my friend Laura's husband, has been uh, working for these stores for. He's just about to retire for many years. He's been a, a manager, general manager of these stores. And you walk in these places. I'm not exaggerating. When just as an example, the seafood counter is as big as, uh, I mean, it's 100 feet long. Wow. All right. Wow. There's a row of rosés there. There's 100 feet long shelves stacked up. I mean, you've never seen so much bounty, so much and fresh vegetables and, and all kinds of things. I mean, it's like Costco on steroids and so much better. And all fresh and, you oh, yeah. know, those yeah, yeah. local farms. Yeah. So it's way more qual- Yogurt. quality. There's two... Hundred foot long rows of yogurts. Wow. I mean, it's just mind blowing, right? Um, and even, um, you know, most of the villages have very s- small markets. And outside the village, there's the, uh, near Loimaran, where we were staying, we're living, uh, there's a kind of like a supermarket. It's much bigger. But even there, all local products and you know, and mixed in with, you know, it's just... And here in America, you'll be lucky to get two drive throughs next to each other. So uh, it's really nice to have that emphasis on local food and cuisine yeah. and culture. Yeah. You know, I feel yeah. like we've really lost sight of that. You know, there's still culinary hotspots in the United States, you know, 
LA has some great, amazing restaurants and food. You know, Phoenix is actually a pretty underrated restaurant. I scene, still I love think. America. A hundred percent, but nobody's you know, saying we're tr- not to love America. I know, but you're making it sound like America. Like no, France we're is trying better. to. I don't think that's it's not better. what we're talking about. We're talking. I want to travel there, but I still want to live in America. <laughs> well, good thing nobody said they want to move there. Well, actually, Richard said he might move there for three months or so. But uh, I would love to experience it for three months. Yeah, but why not? What, yeah, what you're trying, you're getting all comparative again, which isn't what we're doing. We're talking about, you know, the part of their culture that is so beautiful and so amazing. That they, you know, have that quest for excellence and appreciating we're, we're every day. We're talking about why are people yeah. healthier there and why is the lifestyle more sustainable? Yeah, that's what we're talking about. Yeah. So he he said there's two hundred or a two hundred foot wall of different organic yogurts. I was trying to make a joke that the only thing you'll find here are two <laughs> drive-throughs next to each other. <laughs> but um, so yeah, the only way for us to the United States to improve and, you know get back to a more relaxed lifestyle and culture is by seeing how these other countries are doing it and taking note, you know, mm-hmm. like Pillsbury wine, like lo- well, little local wineries like that are going to bring back, well, here, you know, true quality. Let's, let's talk about excellence. the organic food movement. Now this started, you know, I remember going to the original Whole Foods in, in uh, Austin, Texas in the mid late 1980s. And now look at Whole Foods. Massive. So the organic food movement, well, first of all, all food used to be grown organically 100 years ago. But the organic food movement went from small little you know, outposts of you know organic to now it's... it's mainstream. It's totally mainstream. And for the right reasons. Yeah. Because right. organic food and drinks and wine are way higher quality, way better for yeah. your health, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One thing that I still have a, an issue with is why should organic be so much more expensive than non-organic? Well, it's really it's not, it shouldn't be because no, it it's only not, it's it, not any cheaper. It's not any more expensive to produce. Can I say why? Uh, well, the, I, I can say if people uh, stop buying um, the chemicals and and everything that is not organic, yeah. well, the, the the cost will nobody will buy it, so then they'll be more organic. Yeah. So we just have to support just the organic. And yeah. Well, that's what mainstream. I was going to say is mm-hmm. the non-organic operations are able to bring their costs down because they're mm-hmm. sacrificing quality. Instead of, you know, using uh, organic pesticides that are more expensive and not as uh, useful and effective, they'll use, you know, Roundup and other really toxic chemicals. And that brings the cost of the operation down. But at what cost? to sacrifice the health and wellness of your customers, that's not worth it. So, you know, I think... And I think people are discovering that, and that's why... That's why organic is mainstream. That's right. Now exactly. when you go to Costco... People are starting even, to really care about their health. If you go to Costco, oh, I would say half the produce now is organic. And it's because people are demanding yeah. it. Yeah. So, it, it, again, in France, mm-hmm. I was really impressed by, you know, the kind of holistic approach that they have to health care. Mm-hmm. And that makes a huge difference mm-hmm. uh, in... You know, in, in people's... Uh... Well, something that I, I've noticed when I've been in Europe in comparison to here in America, which I think is better over there, uh, and it's how I was raised, and it's also how my kids have been raised, uh, because my parents are from Europe, yeah. uh, is they make a huge deal about the dinner, about sitting down yes. and enjoying yes. your dinner. Yes. And taking time and putting music on. Bingo. And having flowers, fresh flowers. 
and, and you know, making all that food from scratch and not being in a hurry when you eat your dinner. Yeah. That that's that's in Europe that's like that's, number one. That's civilized, okay? Yes. 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 And to touch on Richard's point earlier talking about how you know, why is there such an obesity epidemic here mm. and not in France? Even though France eats a lot of fatty foods, and a lot of that, not only the inactivity and lifestyle, mm -hmm. but also processed foods. A lot of the mm -hmm. fast food and processed junk food that people eat here, your body can't even process that and break it down. If, you're if the people in France are just eating, you know, organic butters and uh, pastries and stuff that are made with high quality butters. Yeah. You're, it might be fatty, but your body can still digest that. Yeah. Exactly. You can, your body can't even digest McDonald's and all that crap. Or corn syrup. Well, corn syrup is McDonald's, so bad. For you. They have McDonald's in France. You People know? probably just don't I eat did, it I every did, day. I, did, I didn't see one in Provence, but certainly in the large cities like Paris. And let's let's face it, even in Europe, things are changing. Wait, isn't it true that like? Corn syrup is not even allowed in a lot of the products yeah, in Europe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and so and this sounds things. very strange. And I'm going to tell her to listen to this episode. But I actually met the daughter of the the inventor of corn syrup, and her whole family. They're all uh, they're all retired now, and they all have lots of money. But she oh, says yeah. that they they she feels guilty that they've actually like made a lot of people sick with that corn syrup that her dad invented. But anyway, they've caused a lot of people a lot of feet. Yes, but but the, a lot of the products in in Europe, they don't allow a lot of those fake chemicals. Is that there, true? Yeah, yes, there's many it's things true. that aren't allowed in Europe that, that are allowed, allowed that here. Are, in normal our foods. here. Yeah. Okay, well, I just realized we're about to run out of time, so we kind of oh, have to wrap wow. this Where up. Oh, wow! time? Go? Well, one more thing I want to say because on that same note of of obesity versus you know people being fit and in, you know in shape, is when you take your time to enjoy your food and drink your wine and have your discussion yes. and your flowers and the china and you slow it down you actually get have the time to feel full you because when you eat in a hurry you digest your food much better exactly yeah. and and people that are eating in a hurry and you're eating on the run and you're eating as you're driving and you're, you're not you're, thinking you're, you're socializing connecting with other yes. people in in a real way Exactly, exactly. I love it. It's excellent point. Richard, it was a lot of fun. Thank you, Chad. Cheers. It was a lot and of fun. Anybody Kinga. that's listening, you should go visit France. Go visit Provence and just travel. slow down just a little experience bit. experience other cultures, yeah. you know? And it's so good for you to grow your and mind. And enjoy different grow, wines. Grow your soul. Yes. Yeah. Saving we'll the planet. One show, show at, at a time. time. One be wine me. at a time. And uh -huh. tune in to our next show about Spain with Richard. Yeah, we'll do a Spain Woo! show too. A Spain show. Thank you. Very fun.